Hi, everyone. I'm Emily. And I'm Vince. And this is The Lighthouse Lowdown. I have a question for you. Okay. Is it like a... Okay. okay. Why do dogs float? Because uh, they bark and bark floats. <laughs> because they're good boys. <laughs> <laughs> our poor listeners i know i just saw it uh and decided for our history buoy uh the intro into our history buoy that could just be a little joke time good boys yeah so today i'm going to do a current event sort of history buoy okay so current history buoy nice sanibel island you yep. have covered that lighthouse before i think that was episode 34 we talked about how hurricane Ian hit it. Um, yep. It was about 16 months ago. And the leg was lost on Sanibel Island Lighthouse. So it has four legs, and one of them was knocked out by the keeper's cottages that had swept out of the storm. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah, one of them took out the leg as it was being swept out. So <laughs> The keeper's cottage. I'm <laughs> nothing without you. <laughs> Trying to cling on. Wait, <laughs> help me. Yeah, but, but it was still standing. Yes, and... As of January 23rd, they replaced the lake. Finally, it has all four lakes. Originally, it had a wooden lake for nice. the past like 16 months. And now it has officially had its cast iron leg put back on. And they actually used the pieces from the old leg to make a mold for the new leg. So, yes! Santa Bell! <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. Ye old peg leg. Yeah. Cool. So, that's a nice little update. Yeah. Do you have any uh, photos to show? Do you have a photo? Oh, yeah. On the left is a picture of the wooden leg that it had for a long time. That is a nice wood leg. Yeah, they did a good job on it. They actually cared. And then uh, the cast iron leg being put on January 23rd awesome. of this year. Yep. Cool. I think after this, they're going to foco- focus on doing like a recoding of the outside and the inside of the lighthouse. Um, but they don't have any plans right now to replace the cottages, which is kind of a big bummer. Mm. It would yeah. be a huge undertaking, and I don't know, it would just be... Yeah, I mean, a lot of what a cottage is, uh, whatever that English is, <laughs> is valued in its history and yeah, serving. Yeah, exactly. Not necessarily what it does today. Mm-hmm. Like, it still has you know? its historical value and everything, but they'd be replicas. They wouldn't be, like, restored yeah. versions. I don't know. There, There's value in rebuilding, but I don't know how much effort they'd want to put towards that when they're still trying to recover from... Yeah. Such a hurricane. Can you remember what this type of tower is called? I can't. Skeleton. Skeleton tower. Yeah. Eh, I feel like there's another descriptor I'm trying to think of. Well. Where that, you know, the cylinder that is the stairwell and. Oh, yeah. The center column. Yeah. Pretty cool, though. I gave you an answer, so take it or leave it. That's probably the right answer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that was my history buoy bit of current history for you and speaking of storm damage going to launch into my episode today the only reason i've been seeing this lighthouse it's actually all over my feed right now because of something that's happened recently oh no another january event that i will be talking about later but we're going to be heading to bristol maine so another maine lighthouse i'm going crazy on maine lighthouses it's not my fault they just show up okay most of the lighthouses that I cover, they just fall into my lap somehow. Like it's a listener suggestion or there's like current events going on 
or something like that. Yeah. So usually I'm not researching lighthouses to cover. They just kind of fall into my lap. You mentioned that, but you couldn't say anything else. What else is there to say? What are you talking about? I mean, around the house. Oh. <laughs> before this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, Bartholomew Gosnold <laughs> sailed to the coast of Maine in 1602 for areas to settle. And I looked into this guy just before we started recording because I, I was going to leave it at that. Like, he came here and found that there were, it was already like a popular fishing spot for like Native Americans and like European people had already yeah. come over here. It's like, it's not the first time Europeans have come over, but it was the first, um, when he came over here in 1602, it was the first official recorded um, European uh, excursion to Art. Cape Cod, which is so weird because Vince and I are planning a Cape Cod trip right now. We've decided that we're going to go to Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Yeah. And to see the lighthouse. So what a weird thing. He's the one who named it Cape Cod and oh. Martha's Vineyard. Oh, who mm -hmm. is Martha? Martha was his deceased daughter who was named oh. after his wife's mom. That's sad. And when they crossed it, it was uninhabited. And it was covered in wild grapes. So we called it Martha's Vineyard. That's really cool. Really awesome. And Cape Cod was because there was a ton of fish. <laughs> a bunch of cod. So anyway, he was considered instrumental to the founding of the Virginia Company and Jamestown because he was like the go-to guy for boating excursions. I don't know the Virginia Company. Should I? <gasps> Do you not watch Pocahontas? Disney's Pocahontas? I've seen it when I was a child. Virginia Company. <laughs> <laughs> You have to remind me. Um, That's like an exploratory group? Are there shipbuilders? I want to say that they... Okay, I actually don't know. <sighs> I just know that they were behind sending everyone to... Uh, Is it a dark like history? John Smith off to... Huh? Is it a dark history? I don't think it's very good, yeah. Uh. So, <laughs> Bart. <laughs> so, Bart just noted that he came across Pemaquid Point, which is what we're going to be covering today. Okay. And it was already like inhabited with very friendly Native Americans who had come across Europeans already mm. and knew like how to trade, like they had furs and they were really friendly. And actually Bartholomew was the one who destroyed that uh. sort of good feelings. So by the time that the Mayflower came, things were very hostile with uh. Native Americans because of how he treated them. Bart. So Bart, 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 Bart. <laughs> Shameful behavior. Pemicwood Point was popular for fishing and stuff, but they didn't get a lighthouse until two centuries after that. So it's like a slow settling sort of thing and really just became... This is a Native American inhabited area? Um, I assume pretty much everything was at that time. Right. But, okay, you're saying it was fishing, so it was like settlers were... Yeah, it was like a spattering. It, it wasn't okay. like an official settlement or anything like that. But then over time, over the course of two centuries, it became yeah. something where they needed to add a lighthouse. Gotcha. So we got Pemaquid Point. $4,000 was set aside for the light station. It was a rubblestone tower, which cool. we don't have good history of rubblestone lasting very long. A keeper's cottage with an enormous kitchen is what was mentioned. Nice. <laughs> I don't know what the purpose of that was, but I actually have a picture. Here's um, wow. Pemaquid, the station. So it's really cool. In this picture, you can see keeper's cottage, the tower, and then in the back is the Fog Bell station. First off. I like the Fog Bell Station. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I like the fence, their white picket fence. Yep. Seems entirely unnecessary. <laughs> they spent some time on it. And then look at the ocean. Scary. Yeah, very rough. 
rough ocean area. And this cliff is like pretty sloped, but I'm pretty sure it's like 40 feet tall. Okay. So from this perspective, it looks like nothing. Yeah. It looks like we're right on the edge of the water, but yeah. there, there's some distance. But All right. even the picket fence is right up on the edge of where the rocks and mm-hmm. like the cliff stuff starts. Holding so. in the civilization. Especially the like Foghorn building. Look at that. It's pretty close. Just like it's <laughs> photoshopped floating out there. That's what I know. I think it's because the chimney looks like it's going underneath of it. Yeah. What is it? Um, Perspective. Yeah. This is the current tower. It's not the one that we got in 1827. They bid it out in 1826, and I found a picture Whoa, yeah, cool. of the newspaper newspaper clipping that was put out, uh, like trying to get a bid or trying to bid um, construction for yeah. this lighthouse. So, 1826. Is that crazy? December 22nd, and uh, they kind of just say what they're looking for, and somebody is like. I'll bid on it for this That's much. That's nuts. Isn't that crazy? Like, what a weird, casual way to have something like this constructed. That's crazy. I'm trying to read this part. Covered yeah. with copper as well as the something in something they do. I'm sorry, I couldn't <laughs> read it. I thought I was going to be able to read it. As well as the rabbit it shuts into. Maybe some Sort of some time term we don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't the read. The walls of the I, tower to be yeah. well-pointed and whitewashed twice over, outside and inside. Laid a deke of soap, sand. Soapstone. So, <laughs> the E's gone. <laughs> I wonder if there's any typos. That's a deck. Oh. And they're like, ah, damn it. Good work. Or if a deke is a word I don't know from the year 1826. I think deck is probably right. We don't need to sit here and try and decipher It's pretty cool, though. But Sorry. Yeah, it is very cool. I got that from the USLHS as per usual, as usual. <laughs> so construction was completed in November of the next year, $500 under budget. Whoa. And the fixed white light went into service. But unfortunately, this tower only lasted eight years before they needed a new one. And they put the reasoning... That salt water had somehow gotten into the mortar before it was applied to the lighthouse. Yeah. And so it just kind of crumbled. Did we talk about this before with a different lighthouse? I bet. I think r- all of the towers we've covered so far that have been rubble stone have not lived yeah. for very long. There's another, I can't tell you all the details, but there's more construction of lighthouses that I'm doing research on. Oh, yeah? In the past. And... uh Talking about seawater in the concrete will be something that comes up again. Mm, or the cement, I guess. But okay. Interesting. Yeah, we might have talked about it before, but. So they built a new tower. It was conical, granite, white, and a little bit like ochre coke-esque is what I kind of think of when a I look at it. white and chubby. Yeah, like lumpy. American. <laughs> Affectionately, we say <laughs> lumpy. But it's 30 feet to the lantern deck. I think I read that it was 38 feet total. Okay. And had an octagonal lantern room. And current the current keeper, Dunham, said, a better tower and lantern never was built in this state. And then he also said, also the lamps, reflectors, and apparatus is according to contract. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God. Why, even, why even throw it? He's like, this is the best tower of all time. And also the lamps are fine. <laughs> like the lamps are, you know, like you don't they have didn't to go above it. and beyond, I guess. So here's, a, here's an old photo. I didn't read a lot about anything other than chickens being raised on this land, mm. but I'll mention later that it was very fertile soil. So okay, there's a lot of a lot of vegetable and farming going on here. Nice little property. Yeah, and this actually is a picture of the keeper's cottage before they painted it. I think they painted it in 1875 to be white, which is what it is today. 
But uh, Was that brick, probably? Mm-hmm. So Keeper Dunham was the first keeper of this lighthouse and served at Pemaquid Point for an, a decade before he went back to farming, which is what he was doing before mm. this. His sixth child, Benjamin Franklin Dunham, was born in the station. And uh, when his father died shortly after the new tower was constructed, and he died inside the station. So I don't really have the details. On duty. Yeah. Well, he w- it was his dad. Oh. The keeper's dad. So I don't know if he went there for, like, care or if mm. he was just, like, visiting and something happened. But he they, he was buried in a small cemetery near the light. And by looking at the Dunham Family History Newsletter, <laughs> I found out that it was called Curtis Cemetery. And I can't find it on Google Maps, but I'm going to trust them. They probably know what they're talking about. It's probably on the property? Or you said it's close it just by? just says close, so I don't know. Well, back then, close was really close. Yeah, like in the backyard. <laughs> So Keeper Dunham was mentioned a lot because he, first of all, was the first keeper here for mm. a whole decade. And also because he patented a way to keep the whale's oil in the lamp from coagulating or um, congealing in yeah. the winter. And Congress ordered the Treasury to start implementing it in lighthouses. Oh, cool. But we don't really know exactly how much it was adopted or even what his patent was. Really? It was like, yeah, it's like you can't find it. Couldn't you know that it happened, but can't find the history of. Huh. I, I've seen several sources that say there's no record of how well it was implemented. And then another one was like, we don't know what it was. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Patents have a pretty good history. I know. There's so many records. That was what kind of oil? Whale's oil in this lighthouse. I wonder if that's why it didn't matter. It's because it changed. The fuel source mm, changed. Yeah, that's true. I don't know the yeah, full history of that. Like maybe they found that if it wasn't whale's oil, if it was something else, some other kind of oil, it, w- it didn't work as well or it wasn't necessary or something. Yeah. Yeah, because whale's oil was kind of dropped off pretty quick, wasn't it? I don't know the history. I think so. I'll have to do that I again. Think it was I covered with kerosene. Yeah, I, I covered beacons in like my second episode. But. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I know there's been several fuel oils. Yeah. Of different types. Definitely. But Isaac, who was Keeper Dunham, also built barns on the property. I'm not sure if they're still there. I, I didn't see them in the picture, so I'm not really sure. Mm. But he built barns and kept chickens and grew vegetables and everything. And he was actually paid by the next keeper $1,100 for the buildings he built as, Interesting. as keeper. So it was like, was he going to tear them down? Or maybe the key, the other the new keeper was grateful, and so he paid him like I'm paying for extra buildings. Sounds That's like a awesome. lot of money. Yeah, I know eleven hundred dollars in like the mid eighteen hundreds is it's quite weird. A lot of money. It's weird for an individual like the keeper to take responsibility and build these things. Yeah, when it's a government job, right? Yeah, but I mean, a government property. I feel like keepers aren't often well. Gosh, I don't know. know I was I mean? going to say, it's like not like they're on, fired often, but they are re, you know, yeah. placed somewhere else often. So, uh, And later in history, you know, I was talking about some of the readings I did for the West Coast Lighthouse Board, uh, Lighthouse Establishment, I guess. Mm-hmm. The board was writing some of those letters. Yeah. And how they were, you know, under inspection and it was like a, a military placement. You, you right. shall sell the ox for at least $100 and yeah, send right. the... A lot, of, the man, funds in the a lot mail. of manhandling. Yeah. No, like, you know, do whatever you want to do. You know, just well, if have it ben- fun. Well, if it benefited them, although they didn't get the money. So 
That's what I'm saying. It's, know, government, yeah, it's a weird... government property, but you're building your own barn on it, and then it's sold to another man who's taking the job. I don't know. Yeah, I never I didn't it's even interesting. think about that. There's probably more to it. Yeah, I bet Secrets. so. Secrets. <laughs> so he returned to farming in 1836, but returned three years later to be the first keeper of Nosset Light. Oh, nice. Yeah, when it was still three sisters. Very cool. Dunham. Is it Dunham? I don't know. <laughs> There's Jeff Dunham, who's a comedian. It's pronounced Dunham, I'm pretty sure. Oh, you could be right then. It's like Apologies Eastham to and Chatham and all these towns. Were I know, to but like I on said, TikTok. one of them was not pronounced that way. East Ham. Or maybe Chatham. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> I know. <coughs> I'm excited. 1857, the light gained a fourth order Fresnel lens. And it was actually after... A little picture of it still in action today. Nice. It was after some guy who was notorious for crapping on inspection reports. <laughs> he just <laughs> came and was just like, "Everything sucks here. This, this is, you know." He was really picky. Really he was picky. Like, yeah. yeah. He came and said a lot of nice things about the lighthouse, but then I didn't make any notes about this. I don't know why I didn't. He said the purpose of the lighthouse was like obsolete. It was like, why do we have this? He, he, and he he never said to take it out of commission, but he was like, Rude. I would recommend moving it from 10 reflectors to one. Like <laughs> he was like this thing. I know it looks great, but I don't know why it's here. So that's weird. Yeah. And then they gave it a fourth order lens. So they upped it in candle power. I don't do you, Was there any way that, because I haven't read this, I have to ask. Yeah. He might have read it, like interpreted it to where he's saying the 10 reflectors is not necessary. It needs to be one of larger magnitude or no. you know, a singular. He, he was saying there was a new lighthouse that was built nearby. You couldn't really see this light until you had gotten a certain point like oh. around the land. And it, he was just basically saying, I don't know why we have this. And I then see. after that, it was interpreted for me. It was kind of like. Instead of suggesting that they get rid of the light, they, they he said we should lower the candle power if you're going to keep it. And then someone thing. said, nah. Yeah, and someone said, actually, Increase we it. need more power. Double it and give it to the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we ended up with our fourth order lens. Very Can't complain. Cool. Still working today. So Keeper Dunham was one of the like, very few head keepers that were at this lighthouse. And that was because, like I mentioned, it had very fertile soil. So it was great for mm. home living. I mean, people brought their families here and then wanted to settle down. Like it, they, they weren't looking to go somewhere else. This was like a great place to have a family yeah. and to grow crops and have livestock and everything. I read that the, the people who worked on the lighthouse tenders hated this station because there was nowhere to dock a lighthouse tender. And so they'd have to, pull up somewhere and like carry all the supplies that were to be delivered to the lighthouse yeah. like from down below. I mean, it's surrounded by this very strange sloping cliff. Yeah. But what are you going to, how are you going to build a stair or a ramp into that cliff? Yeah. Like, and, and, you then can't, a, and then a dock at and the bottom. Yeah. And normal cliffs, they would use a crane or whatever it's called, Derek, yeah. to pull stuff up and they can't do that because it's so sloped. You'd be dragging. I feel like they should have built one of those, like tr the tramways that, we talked about in Split Rock. Yeah. It'd still be it'd still be costly and, and difficult. 
even if you're talking about a pier way, like a, a pier way, yeah. a pier where so a, bo- a boat is going to do- dock. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my English is broken. You don't have your coffee this My time. bock is going to dock. Uh, <laughs> but y- you have to have those piers go into the uh, sea floor. And if mm. that rock keeps going, yeah, then true. good luck. Yeah, that's funny though. Lighthouse tenders. I don't know that we've talked a lot about lighthouse tenders no. having opinions. Yeah, it was one of the few times that I've actually seen commentary about it. It must have been pretty widespread that people are like, oh, no, we're delivering to Pemaquit. It sucks. <laughs> 1897, a brick engine house was built for a new fog bell, which replaced the small one that had to be rung by hand. Oh. So it was supposed to be like a night. It was like a steam-powered striking mechanism. But cool. it had to have been problematic in some way because it was only two years later that they built the fog bell tower that we have today which was run by weights, which is, you know, that like white pyramid that mm-hmm. was at the front Yeah, that housed the clockwork, the weights that went up and down for the belt. And I actually found a picture of it in my main lighthouses documentation of their past by J. Candace Clifford and Mary Lewis Clifford. Cool. This is what uh, the book that I got from the United States Lighthouse Society. What's the USLHS? <laughs> Listen to our last episode, episode 45. <laughs> Thanks. Plug, I'll plug, just show plug. you a little picture. They have yeah. a diagram that was donated from the U.S. Coast Guard, I think. But a picture of how the whole fog bell tower was built. Wow. So there's a, wow, a hand-drawn sketch. Plans for a fog bell tower to be built on Pemiquid? Pemiquid. Pemiquid Point. Drawings courtesy of U.S. Coast Guard. As an engineer, I'm very intrigued by this. Isn't it the but weirdest setup? Like, it's... The bell is outside, unprotected. Yes, which is kind of surprising. And then there's... But you can't, like, the sound won't travel unless you have it. Uh, it's facing the water. There's a, a dugout gutter called out below the building. And then this tower we've talked about has all this bracing. And the weight is on a pulley system. So I assume you pull it up, you load mm-hmm. it, if you will. Yes. And then it would fall. Wind the mechanism. And... I'm missing some component of rotation that would go strike the bell or maybe the bell would move back and forth. Oh, so, I don't so know. The little, I don't know what it's called. The hammer, it said one the ball ring, on the inside. I think it was supposed to be a striking. It's that, it's like a mallet. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't think it shows how the pulley system it's like a cocks hammer. it back and hits it. I'd be fascinated. I like mechanical. We things. should look it up. I think that's probably something we should cover. But yeah, this is a really cool image. If yeah, I, uh, I think it said I'll it struck it. every 10 seconds when it was wound. Wow. I don't know how often it needed to be wound up, but it's pretty cool. That is cool. Man, yeah. the uh, the work that people had to do to do <sighs> something like that. I know. That is wild to me. That would be crazy. And like them just building it and be like, all right, here's how you operate it. And it's like, okay, like <laughs> I can't ask anybody else about this. Yeah. You know, like you wouldn't be able to call some toll free number and be like, I'm having a problem with my bell tower. Yeah. Send it back to Amazon. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the house that we see today. And I'm going to be talking yeah. about it a little bit later as well. Somewhere around this time, they added brick veneer to the inside of the light tower. I don't know what brick veneer is. Uh, well, veneer in general is like, like a, a, a casing. Facade? Oh. Yeah. It's a, it's a thin layer that covers things. Okay. So it's often used to make them look nicer. It's not structural, usually. Okay, it's like teeth. Veneers. Veneer teeth, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but why would they, um, and veneer teeth are a layer over your teeth. Yeah. That's 
false Purely and aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. So Visual. why would they, I mean, you can do like cheap home renovation backsplash yeah. veneer. Was it really just like for looking nice or? Maybe it was deteriorating as a way to seal they just it. covered it. Yeah. Kind of, kind of air quotes, waterproof it again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't look too deep into it, but at the same time, they also added a cast iron spiral staircase. So that cool. was pretty cool. And these were restored in 2010. They did a big restoration. So this is when uh, they did the veneer and, and staircase. No, that was uh, sometime around like almost 1900. Okay, but that that uh, cast iron is still there. Yeah, that's really cool. That's another thing to learn more about because that's in a lot of lighthouse towers. Mm-hmm. These cast iron stair treads and handrails and stuff. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, that's fascinating because it's I super I would love heavy. to know who built them. Like, where did you order? You had to order the stairs from somewhere oh. because they're pretty intricate usually. They're not just like yeah. s- pieces of cast iron. They're like they're really ornate. nice. Yeah. Well, remember Cape Disappointment, um, the, the Oriole, the ship that wrecked oh, called yeah. the Oriole had like several lantern rooms and all of the cast iron in it. Oh, or yeah. stair towers and railings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Boom, just into the ocean. And it had come... <laughs> I, I love Cape Disappointments over on the West Coast for you who don't know. And all, I think all of that had come from Boston or somewhere up northeast. So it had come all the way around. Oh, yeah. I remember and you saying that. Wrecked. <laughs> Tragic. <laughs> Order all new irons again. Oh, just had to have been so. There's nothing to do about it. It's just awful. So Pimicwood Point was one of the first lighthouses in Maine to transition to automatic. And this was in 1934, so before the Coast Guard even took over, which is like really early. They don't, there's not a light of lighthouses mentioned that go fully automatic. Interesting. Yeah, that's really early. Yeah. And it was around this time also that the light was switched to a flashing white. And I couldn't find the exact date for that unless I'm misinterpreting the USLHS light list. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I'm pretty sure it was around the same time okay. that it went flashing. A few years after that, actually a year after the Coast Guard took over, Bristol residents voted to purchase the station besides the light, which remained with the Coast Guard, and paid the government $1,639 over a period of four years so that they could own it. And then it was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1985. Nice. And I actually I found a picture of the... Um, the application for that and it's just cool. a lot simpler than i expected it to be for some reason you know there's not really much to it yeah it's a nice little form yeah i it's stamped received february 2nd or 22nd i guess yeah and then april 16th was when it was entered as a national as a, like a historic places protection thing i thought about this i don't mean to take anything away from pimiquid pimiquid yeah. That sounds wrong to me every time <laughs> I say it. I'm reading it on screen. I looked Pemiquid. it up and it says Pemaquid. So. Not to take anything away from Pemaquid Point, but there are, there's going to be so many dang places, including lighthouses, mm-hmm. on the National Register of Historic Places. And oh, I, I did wonder forever. how that how that works and what it means for protection and for yeah. renovation and things. Because every a- lighthouse that we... We mention it like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a national historic place. It's like, yeah. wow. But well, I never think about what that means. Just like, and this is when it was added. You know, it's like, it's sort of a given. Of course it is. Yeah. Lighthouses to be added. Like to go a step further than that is whenever you get, um, gosh, what is it called? Like preservation. Uh, It's a landmark, something. National oh. Historic Landmark. Okay. That's like the special one. 
when most places are already a national, like registered places. Yes. Then it it goes a step further by being a national historic landmark. I mean, I think that's the one where you're like one of the big dogs. Mm. Interesting. So anyway, I thought it was cool. The tower itself was licensed to the American Lighthouse Foundation in 2000. So the Coast Guard licensed it to this foundation after the 2000 was like some kind of, it was like Maine Lighthouse Law or something that was passed. I can't remember exactly what it was. But they had a couple of restorations over the years in 2007 for the exterior and 2010 for some of the internal components, which I talked about earlier. But in 2007, they found a hidden window while redoing the exterior. And I couldn't find a picture online, but they said it was well documented. They said the Masons noticed the granite work closing the window was of poorer quality than the original work, Mm -hmm. meaning that it was done later for some unknown reason. So they just recovered it back up whenever they did the restoration. They uncovered the window? Uncovered it, found it, and then recovered it when they they did, like, were doing all the work. They're like, well. They're like, we don't, there's probably good reason for this. (laughs) Bad vibes. It's a haunted (laughs) window. So, covered it back up, and I couldn't find a photo. I'm sure... If I sent some emails, I'd be able to hunt one down. But I wonder if it's like a little port window or something. I don't know. It didn't specify if it was identical to other windows. And like, you know, and a lot of times they covered up windows that were sea facing that would get hit with like uh, waves and bad weather and would break all the time. So then they would just be like, okay, just co- we don't need it. Just cover it up. Yeah. So maybe it was something like that. Interesting. I think they said it was an east facing east facing window. So Pemaquid Point still running today. White flash every six seconds from their fourth order lens still up there. And it's featured on the state quarter. No way. Yeah. Main quarter has Pemaquid Point on it. Wow. That's cool. Isn't that awesome? I've never seen that before. I know. Now I really want one. And I feel like I've seen it before. But before I became Lighthouse Crazy, maybe I wouldn't really pay attention. I'm going to be looking through all my quarters now trying to find Pemaquid. <laughs> well, they, they did a good job, actually. Yeah, it looks great. It looks very real, realistic, and accurate. The fence is right, of course. They always the do a stone. really good job on the quarters with detail. I didn't know that. Yeah. If you look at a quarter, they're always, like, even the eagle on, like, the normal one is really nice. Well, but I mean, this is, not only is this highly featured, but it's accurate. Look at the yes. stone yeah. striations. Oh, uh, they're missing the pyramid column on the fog house <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe it absolutely you critiqued. Know, someone had done. to fight to the death to get that picket fence right and then oh, the stone God. work they had to like i a, cannot believe they put the every little mint. post <laughs> like, we, they had to bring up brickwork oh God. we have to have this <laughs> little uh evergreen tree yeah they, they cool. went all out but that's really neat added birds and everything so pretty cool. I got to keep my eye out now for one of those quarters. So back to the reason why I kept seeing this lighthouse all over my feed. This is like another current event thing. January 10th of this year, 2024. Bad year a, so far. Well, uh, for <laughs> lighthouses, yeah, maybe a little. Um, a huge storm hit the coast of Maine. I don't know if you heard anything about it. No. I think just because I follow a lot of lighthouses on Instagram, I saw a bunch of it. But there were 79 mile per hour winds and a storm surge of up to five feet on top of an already historically high, high tide. So it was like a new moon or something. And they're like, oh, we have got really, really 
strange high tides and then they found out that there was going to be a big storm hitting and they were like oh boy there's going to be some serious flooding yeah because i i'll show you on this graph but there was supposed to be flooding even with just the high tide like oh. the tide was so high that it was going to be flooding and then you add a five foot storm surge and suddenly everything is flooded five feet is a lot of water elevation yeah so here's a picture shows Areas of minor flooding, moderate, and major flooding. Groovy. The blue is what they predicted this high tide was going to be. So you can see some of them are already in minor flooding area. And then the red is where Damn. we had after the storm. So it was really, really bad news for... Oh, these are days. Oh, no. Yeah. Because after that, there was a, the storm January 10th. January 13th, a storm of very similar intensity hit back to back. Like right after that, they got two storms. So... A lot of lighthouses took damage, and they did this whole... I might have listened okay. in on this Yeah, you might episode. have. It was a huge deal. They did. I mean, there's still so much work and cleanup and restorations to be done yeah. because of the, these back-to-back storms. But Awful. Because of the combination of high winds and the crazy tide, there was these ginormous waves hitting areas that weren't well-equipped for getting hit with waves because yeah. normally the water's not up that high, and that included Pemaquid Point Lighthouse, which is far up enough that maybe they don't get as much of this like crazy weather when there are storms. So the tower itself remained unscathed, but the fog bell house was severely damaged. I got a picture. It's like half of its walls are missing. Oh my gosh. I know. Isn't that awful? That's terrible. I bet there's rocks and all sorts Shingles of shingles torn up. They have really, they have pictures of from the back. You can see just the sunlight coming through. It's really wild. That's crazy. There's two of the four walls are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can even see damage damaged. to the keeper's house in the back parts of the slating side, like the siding is gone. And that is epic. Yeah, it's took some serious damage. Luckily, the bell, the one that was forged in 1840s, was not damaged. You can see where it would be hanging up at the front of the lighthouse or the yeah. fog tower. wasn't damaged because they removed it because the wood was rotting. Okay. And so they removed it earlier in the year in August, I think. Wow. And so it didn't, it wasn't like a subject of damage for the is, storm. Is that the bell there inside? That's, I think, either a replica or, I don't I, know. I assume today this is used for an exhibit space. Yeah, you can yeah. go in and look at it. But I mean, not currently. But yeah. Man, that sucks. Yeah, so this was January 10th when this happened. And they knew three days later they were going to get another storm. So they were like, we're going to be hauling ass trying to get this protected so that it's like not just open getting hit with the same kind of storm it's still there after the 13th storm so someone in a coat there oh yeah photo gives it a little bit of scale they sent a lot of people out yeah do a lot of assessments Um, i actually have a picture of it they did a damage assessment by helicopter because a lot of lighthouses in maine are like out on islands or like on points and stuff that are not very accessible so they sent and i have the track uh the helicopter went to each lighthouse and like circled it, taking po- photos and like figuring out how extensive the damage was, so they can kind of get a plan for how they're going to start restoring all of the lighthouses. And it's so it's like twenty three lighthouses they checked on, and I'm pretty sure nearly all of them have taken damage some some degree or another. And the USLHS made a video along with the American Lighthouse Foundation. I think they teamed up and made a video that was just kind of showing like, we need your help. Things like this was really bad for lighthouses and like we're losing history. Yeah, We have to protect it. We need to raise money. So um, 
I have the link to that video and I'm going to put it in the show notes and okay. then you yeah, and I can good. watch it if you want to, but yeah, it's that, really sad. Well, and lighthouses, man, in the state that we're in, they all, they already need support just to be maintained, let alone, you know, facing storms and events like this. Yeah. That is uh really unfortunate. It's awful. And there's nothing you can really do about it. I mean, it's not it's because the, it's of negligence or anything. It's just being so close to the water. Sometimes freak storms happen and, well, it's the it's in some way it's a sense of respect for lighthouses in, yeah. in their historical role because mm-hmm. uh, maybe not a storm like that, but maybe you know you'd lose a couple ships of people uh, to accidents if they didn't know if they didn't have use of a lighthouse. Yeah, throughout you know all of history, that's a very broad statement. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're they're not in very protected places usually yeah so these this is the helicopter route yeah this is a picture of the helicopter route and um pemaquid point is on there but there's all i mean all over the place especially all these that are really far out and if they didn't do this you would only hear from word of mouth from the keepers or whoever goes out there to check what was the damage that was done to this light all the way out you know mount desert rock like what happened out there i don't know we're gonna have to go check though they went to 23 lights Total distance of 242.58 miles. That's crazy. That's cool they we did that. We can watch the video after this that shows all the pictures taken of, I think it's like a three and a half minute video. Yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah, that's how I knew about Pemaquid Point and why I decided to cover it. Because really, this it didn't number on main lighthouses, this storm, the series of storms. So they're pretty desperate to start raising money i think they're doing an official disaster assessment to see like what the damage is besides lighthouses you know like yeah. the government's doing a disaster assessment so then we can find out more about what it's going to take to fix everything and rebuild because i know even in some places there's i mean there's a lot of history that was lost in this storm like boathouses historical boathouses and like some fishing shacks i heard there was only three left in this town and there used to be a bunch but like one by one they've just been knocked down this storm took out all three so they didn't have no more of these fish fishing shacks that were like they said there was a lot of revenue brought to the city because people would get married here and take pictures in front of them Mm. like for their wedding party and stuff i'm like oh my god and there's nothing you can do to take it back you just it's like okay i guess that's over let's see rebuild them but it's not the same yeah there's something different about that preservation versus uh replica yeah it's a sad note but that's pemaquid point lighthouse yeah, well, I'm glad it's still there. And yes, uh, that is yeah. That is the lighthouse thing. itself. Sorry. I, no, you're good. <laughs> I'm gonna talk now. <laughs> the lighthouse itself in that photo uh, didn't look too damaged. No, compared to the fog tower, it stayed it stayed fog sturdy. Horror. Yeah, I think most of the damage that they rec- they found and recorded uh, were not to lighthouse towers. There's some, but not like it's no towers unsalvageable or anything. No legs missing. Yeah. <laughs> They've seen worse. Well, the Atlantic Ocean, it's one of those big ones. Mm-hmm. One of the like, big ones. Things like this happen. <laughs> well, cool. Good coverage. Yeah, thank you. I know our two of our close friends who may be on this podcast at some point uh, have visited Maine. And oh. uh, Alan has talked to me oh, about yeah. going up there. He really liked it. Mm-hmm. And you and I looked at Acadia National Park recently when I was yeah, kind of clicking around. Yeah, It looks beautiful, that whole area. I would love to go to Maine. That would be so much fun. Yep, let's. Uh, I'll probably talk about it in our lighthouse tourism, which yes. may or may not be an upcoming episode. Excellent. I'm very excited. I guess I don't have anything to add on top of that. We're 
check out of our check out our Instagram. We got some cool pictures on there. We got a YouTube where you can yeah. watch as we talk through everything in the episode visually, which is kind of nice. I don't know. You got anything to add? No. Um, YouTube is my my thing I spend most Realm. of my time on, and I really appreciate everybody that's checking us out there. Yeah. That's all I ask. Is just check it out. Yeah. Um, we we put a lot of hours into this show, so I appreciate mm-hmm. it. And then uh, the other thing I I do is LinkedIn and. So far, I haven't really done anything with LinkedIn, mm-hmm. but you know, someone reached out to us recently on YouTube. They they made a comment oh, yeah. and said, "Hey, you know, I was actually a part of. I'm going to misquote her, but f- forgive me. She was the, she was a part of she was the East keeper. Brother Light. Yeah, she was um, the keeper at East Brother Light Station during the COVID times, yeah. and they lost power for months. I think. Yeah, yeah, she had to deal with some stuff. She, so, so she, I, I asked that she reach out to our email to talk to us. Um, but I also looked her up on LinkedIn and it's fun because it's like, that's my idea with LinkedIn is that it's going to be a way that we can be professional in approaching people in the lighthouse community mm-hmm. rather than, you know, me on Facebook or, or via a, you yeah, know, an email, true. just a random guy on an email. I can say, well, this is what we do. Here's our little profile. Yeah. And uh, either way. So it's been fun to, to have that. And there's about 300 people that are following us on LinkedIn. And aside from the professional stuff, it's always nice whenever listeners just message us on Instagram, like send us a DM for anything at all, or you can send us an email, thelighthouselowdown at gmail.com, or you can go to our website. There's a way for you to leave notes there that'll go straight to our emails, or you can leave a voicemail, which is always fun. We've gotten a couple of those now. But yeah, we love to get messages from people. We get a lot of fun stuff and hey since we're going to cape cod if you have any suggestions for places we could go look please do let us know i'm kind of i'm overrunning our trip with stamps <laughs> uslhs yeah. passport stamps we'll talk about <laughs> it i think i think i'm pretty sure pretty certain we're, i'm going to cover uh, lighthouse tourism as an episode you think we'll so. cover how we're repa- preparing for our cape cod trip yeah and okay. we'll, we'll uh, that's a great probably idea probably ask for some more input input at that time yeah so so we're super excited we can't wait to go. Yep. Thanks for joining. We hope everyone had a great time and come back and listen to us again soon at the Lighthouse Lowdown.